to inform you and empower you so that you can be a confident member of your healthcare team. Quick medical disclaimer, none of the information in this podcast can be used to diagnose or treat any medical condition. If you have any concerns about your health, please discuss them with your healthcare team. We're here today with Annabelle. She is a doula and she's going to talk to us about hypnobirthing. So hi, Annabelle. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to hear about this. I first heard about it when I was pregnant with my first child, which was my gestational diabetic pregnancy. But I had so much going on that I never got to really um, get into it or find someone who could even coach me through it, you know. So I'm very, very interested in this chat and what you're going to um, inform us about. So can you start us off by telling us what is a doula and what role do they play in pregnancy? Yes, of course. So a doula is basically a support person for all things emotional, physical, um, and educational. The role we play during pregnancy really just depends on the doula that you get. Um, We all see our role very differently. I see my role as somebody who empowers, educates, and informs. Um, I work alongside women from the day that they hire me until the day that they no longer feel they need me, which can extend into postpartum period as well. And I just tell them what they need to hear. I tell them how um, wonderful they are, how strong they are. And I work with them through all their issues and struggles and their victories in pregnancy and postpartum. Very cool. Okay. So when, when does a pregnant person normally start searching for a doula? Um, It really depends on personality type. I don't know if you've ever heard of DISC personality, but um, somebody who's a C, which is somebody who likes information, um, is somebody who's going to hire me like 10 to 12 weeks. Somebody who's more of an I, and how do I explain an I? They're just very outgoing. Um, They really like to know what you think. Um, They'll usually hire me around 18 to 22 weeks, Um, but I've also been hired at 36 weeks, (laughs) so it really just depends on the mom. Oh, wow. 36 weeks. Yeah, that's like way into it. My goodness. And so what what happened at that point? Like, was she um, was she having a traditional or uh, not a traditional, excuse me, was she having a hospital birth or was she like kind of trying to do a home birth thing or what? So unfortunately, I'm in Nebraska and doulas can't legally attend home births. So um, most of my clients birth in birth centers or hospitals. Um, So this was a hospital birth. Uh, Yeah, she really just didn't really know what a doula was and searched it up and realized she really wanted one. And we made it happen. We did the prenatal, the consultation, (laughs) both prenatals and the consultation in like a two week span. And then we were in the hospital giving birth. So (laughs) wow. Okay, so so then the laws vary by state. Now, if you're not, you wouldn't be allowed in a home birth even if there was like a certified midwife there? Um, so certified midwives who have gone to like a nursing program can't legally mm-hmm. attend home births in Nebraska. Um, mm-hmm. Midwives who have done a shorter certification program can, but the liability falls on doulas at home births. And so it's not within my insurance to go to one because there isn't somebody who's deemed um, more medically professional than me at the home birth. Interesting, okay. Yeah, Nebraska is like one of the only states left in the United States that still has this law. So this is not something that's across the board. It's really just Nebraska and there's 
one other state that I can't remember. So then I would imagine that in a hospital setting in Nebraska, the uh, hospital staff is maybe not used to, but uh, uh, they're, how do I say, they're, I guess they're used to kind of working with doulas um, and doulas being in that setting. So yeah. have you ever attended one that was not in the state of Nebraska? No. Um, so I've attended a birth that's not in the state of Nebraska, but not as a doula. Um, okay. But it was also in a hospital. I've seen um, like over video chat births out of state and as a doula who does, um, who does video consultations and I do a lot of Zoom births as well. I do do out of state home births because it's legal. Oh, cool. So yeah. it just kind of varies. I can't attend one in person in Nebraska, but I'll attend them virtually um, across states. And my sister's actually giving birth in February in um, Georgia, and she's having a home water birth, and I'll be there for that. Nice. That's awesome. Are you going to fly in, or are you just going to do it virtually? No, I'm going to fly in. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Very cool. Wow. Okay. So I have so many questions. Um, so how is it uh, being in that hospital setting and working around the hospital staff? Like, is, do you feel like there is maybe tension? Like maybe, I don't know, the hospital staff might be getting annoyed because they feel like you're imposing or something like that. You know, I'm just curious about the atmosphere. Oh yeah, I totally get this question. So um, it's interesting because doulas over the last couple generations have gotten a really bad stigma of just being negative towards hospitals. And I'm a firm believer that if a birthing individual wants to give birth in a hospital, they should 100% be able to with all their dreams achieved. And if that includes having a doula, then I'm going to make sure that I'm there in a capacity that doesn't bother the nurses or the doctors, but actually supports them. And I like to work with as a team with my nurses that are in the room with my client, because if we're all working as a team and we're all working for the client, not against each other, the client's birth is going to be magnificent. If we're like yeah. clashing heads while the patient's pushing, <laughs> then yeah. that's going to be really unfortunate for my client. So I work really, really hard to maintain good hospital relationships. I work with an agency that actually like goes to dinner with providers and um, goes into the hospitals and introduces themselves and makes relationships because we want that synchronicity. Synch hmm, synchronicity. I yeah. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> After I said it, I was like, mm, that's my nap. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. No, I'm so glad that um, your agency takes that initiative to create that relationship and that rapport. That is, that's fantastic. That must be some great agency. Yeah, it's incredible. And it's just so necessary. And the program I trained with actually teaches that because they believe that doulas are necessary, but that a client can birth without us. And so why would we make a space where they don't want us? You know, like mm -hmm. people have been birthing for years without doulas. So nobody needs a doula, but doulas help. They aid, they like make your birth different. So it's wonderful to have one and if hospitals are in their, within their rights to not allow it. So why would we make an atmosphere where they don't want to let us in, you know? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So then, and then when it comes to attending a birth virtually, how, how is it in lending support through a camera, you know, like, 
Yeah. That must be, that's challenging, I would, I would assume. Yeah, it's definitely different. Um, I think that people hire doulas because they want somebody who's going to support them with unbiased support and just unmatched mm. care. I can do that over the phone. Um, I love to use my hands in a birth room. I'm one of those doulas that loves to get down and dirty and do the counter pressure and um, the rocking and the lift and tucks and all of those things. I love that, but it's not necessary. You can birth without those things. And just to segue into hypnobirthing, um, when you're in hypnosis, you don't actually need the counter pressure. You don't need it at all because your your hypnosis they call it hypnoanesthesia, comes over you and you don't need anybody touching you to have a pain-free birth. And so over Zoom, that's super easy. Wow. Okay. All right. Now here's the good stuff. Okay. So hypnobirthing, you're actually, are you the one that's actually hypnotizing the person? No. So I'm a trained hypnodoula, which means I can support someone who's been to a hip, like, they call the in-person like hypnosis classes. So if you've been to a home study or an in-person hypnosis class, I can then support you. Um, I'm planning to get certified to be an educator. So somebody that like takes you through the program. Um, but the home study is so valuable and just, it does the same exact thing that I would rather recommend the home study to someone and then be able to support them as their hypno doula because I feel like that role is just it's more in my line of what I, what I like to do. And so how would someone find the, um, a hypno home study, uh, program? So, um, the, the certification that I have is through hypno babies. Um, and they have an amazing home study course. You literally just go to hypnobabies.com and then you go on there and you click the little home study button, you buy it, they send it to you. Um, it's like a bunch of audio tracks and then they have like printout visualizations that you put around your birth room and they have keywords and all these things that they teach you um, through like this little pamphlet and then the, the audio tracks. I see. Okay. So the, the way I found out about, uh, I didn't even know it was a term then hypnobirthing. And this was what back in 2016, I was wanting to have a, an unmedicated birth. And so it was my first pregnancy. And so my cousin actually was pregnant at the same time and she was two months behind me. And she told me about um, watching videos on YouTube to kind of like mentally prepare yourself for birth because she wanted the same thing too, an unmedicated birth. And so I don't know how I found this person, but she was a mom, I think of two, and this was her third. And her husband was, actually, I don't know what his actual technical term is, but he hypnotized people, right? And um, she was having a home birth and it was in their bathtub. They had this huge bathtub and they videoed the whole thing. And of course, you know, for YouTube, they, they cut out certain parts or whatever. But as I was watching this video, you know, he had her hypnotized, but she was still kind of aware of what was going on in her body. You know, she was still very aware that she was having birth, but she was in the bathtub. And when she would have a contraction, it wasn't this whole, like we see on TV, like, ah, you know, screaming, yelling, whatever. And, um, you know, she was just very relaxed, very calm. And more so, she was kind of groaning 
as, as the contraction came. And then I haven't watched it in a while. I have to uh, find it again and link to it in the notes. But she, she had the baby, right? And no one was there. I, uh, I can't remember if they had a doula there or not. But um, she had the baby. And then afterwards, after birth, they were talking about it. And she said, yeah, you know, I remember being, uh, having the contractions and stuff, but I didn't really feel any pain. It wasn't a painful experience. It was more, uh, I think she said it was just, I can't even remember how she said it, but it was, you know, she, she knew her body was contracting and it was doing what it was supposed to do was pushing the baby out. And all she had to do was just be there type thing, you know? And so that was the one video that gave me hope <laughs> for my birth, but I ended up having to be, or not having to be, I ended up being induced and, um, man, I held on for a few hours, <laughs> for a few hours. And then the contractions were like every three minutes and they were hard and I couldn't take it. And so I ended up getting an epidural and I wasn't even dilated at, at that point, by the way, I, um, I fully dilated almost 24 hours later and then was oh able to, yeah, yeah. And that's another thing, like when I went into the induction, like my doctor, she wasn't informative. And I get so irritated when I think about it because I was asking her questions, but it being my first pregnancy, I didn't really know what questions to ask, you know? Right. And so I'm asking what I know to ask and she, when I asked her about the induction, she just made it seem like it will a quick, easy process. You know, you'll be in labor for a couple hours, no big deal. And then I ended up being in labor for 24 hours and it was totally unexpected, you know? So that right. whole process was, it was just crazy. So yeah, but hypnobirthing, I would imagine your body is much more relaxed um, yeah. when you're going through it. And you said that the person, they'll put up pictures everywhere. So, so what is the mind state of the person as they're in birth? Like they're not in a trance, but they're just kind of like, I don't know, in a meditative state maybe. So, um, just to backtrack a little, when we describe hypnobirthing, we call it reprogramming of the mind. Um, mm. so the process is basically just taking every negative thing we've ever been told about birth and changing it and yeah. turning it into positive things. Um, this could be things you see on TV, things your family tells you. Um, we also work on creating a protective bubble. Um, so not allowing other people to start saying negative things to you because you, when you start your hypno babies home study program, you are working every single day on reprogramming your mind, changing your mindset, and going into birth knowing that you are about to birth your beautiful baby and nothing else. Nothing yeah. else matters. And so I think when you get into birth, your mindset is really just like, this is how I'm gonna meet my baby. My body knows what to do. My baby knows what to do. So I'm just gonna let it happen. And I don't call it a trance because it's not really like that. Um, you're very easily snapped out of it, which is why we ask for a hushed space in the hospital room or the birth room mm -hmm. or the, your home. We ask for hushed tones. Um, we call contractions waves and you don't speak to a mom when she's in a wave. You can, and she can talk to you and it will be like she's not even having a wave, but um, it's better not to because she's enjoying herself and she's feeling all the things and enjoying all the things. Um, so yeah, it's really just reprogramming your mind into the way you feel 
feel and think about things. Um, you teach your body how to respond to, co to contractions or waves as pleasurable, enjoyable, comfortable feelings instead of painful and all those negative words. And then um, like most moms who do hypnobirthing won't tear um, because their baby just gently comes out of their body. Tearing usually happens when um, the baby's head hits the cervix before the cervix is ready and the body starts pushing and then baby comes out really fast, really hard, straight into the ground and the doctor catches and then the mom tears. Um, so hypnobirthing is really just like, you let your body tell you when it's time. You don't let the doctors tell you when it's time. Your doula doesn't tell you when it's time. Your husband doesn't tell you when it's time. You tell your, your body tells you when it's time. And so I think that's a big reason, um, why it usually just ends up so smooth. Yeah. Wow. I'm so fascinated. Um, especially cause I'm thinking about my, I have two children and so I had two different births and they they went completely differently. My my second one was an uh, an unmedicated birth, but the thing is, um, I went into labor naturally, and I'm having contractions, and um, I wanted to labor at home solely for the purpose of I knew that if I was in a hospital and the and the contractions got too intense, then I would ask for an epidural, and I really didn't want that. I wanted to experience it, you know, as I guess nature meant it to be or whatever. And, um, and so I ended up, I was waiting for my water to break. My water never broke. And the reason I was waiting for my water to break is because everyone told me that it would like, I literally, I called the doctor on call. I called my mom. I called my boyfriend who had been through four births already. And they were all like, Oh, your water didn't break. Oh, we don't need to go to the hospital right now. And so I labored at home for a really long time. And as I was going through the contractions in my mind, I was trying to like, in the moment reprogram my thinking like, this doesn't hurt. It's only going to last for a second, you know, but I mean, for me, that only went so far because I guess I didn't do proper, you know, preparation for it. But, um, but yeah, so I, I finally can't take it anymore. I was like, no, I, I'm just, I was uncomfortable in every situation, every position that I tried to be in. And so I hopped in the car, drove to the hospital. Thankfully it was like five minutes away. And um, they're trying to in-check me, like do paperwork and stuff. And I'm sitting there upset. I'm like, why, why, why didn't you have me do this beforehand? You know? <laughs> and then finally the lady, um, I jumped up and she was like, oh my gosh. And so she was like, okay, just go, just go, just go. And so I went back through the doors or whatever. And the, the RN on staff, uh, the head RN on, on shift, she's like taking her time and I'm getting so frustrated because she didn't, she didn't want to walk into the room while I was changing into the gown so as to give me privacy. And I'm like, are you, are you kidding me? You're about to see everything that I have. And you want to give me privacy right, right now, you know, but I was also in high emotion because I'm having super intense contractions. Then what I didn't know at the time was he was actually pushing out. He was coming out. And again, like, this is my first time feeling this. So I, I don't know what's going on. So basically this all happened within like a five minute span. They put me on a stretcher to wheel me to um, the birthing room. I almost fall off the stretcher because it's the contraction is so intense and um, they, they come into the room. I'm still on the stretcher. They're trying to get the room ready and the baby pops out and nobody was there to receive him. He popped out and thank God I had, I, first of all, my intuitively, 
I felt um, most comfortable on my hands and knees. So that's how I was on the stretcher while they were getting the room ready. But then uh, the lady, she was like, no, you have to lay down, you have to lay down on your back. But on my back, I was feeling too much pressure and too much pain. And so I rolled over on my side and um, thankfully I did that because it was a couple seconds later that he just popped right on out. And when he popped out is when the water broke, here comes the huge gush. And um, in the moment, I'm just so thankful that um, I finally have some kind of relief. But then I realized like my eyes are still closed and I'm, I'm trying to pay attention to what's going on with my body. And then I realized, wait a minute, the baby is just laying there behind me. And yeah, yeah. And so finally someone says, uh, baby's out. Dude, dude, I wanted to lose it. I like, I want you mean to tell me nobody was paying attention to me? Five people in that room and nobody was paying attention. Nobody was, you knew the baby was right. He was past the crowning stage. Like he was literally, when you checked me, he was past crowning stage and nobody thought maybe I should stay next to the baby, you know? So thank God he did not fall off of the stretcher or anything like that. But um, yeah, that was such a crazy experience. And, you know, my mind, the way my mind works, I'm paying attention to everything that's happening. But at the same time, I'm thinking back like, man, what could I have done better to prepare for this? <laughs> you know, and I'm just trying to like, be in the moment, but then like correct it, I guess, in the future or something like that. I don't know. But it was so crazy. And you know what, I, I, I forgot why I even rent, went on to tell that story. It almost, it turned into a rant, really, because I still get upset about it. No one caught my son. Are you kidding me? So anyway, um, yeah, I totally forgot. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what we were talking about either. But I will say that with hypnobirthing, that actually happens a lot. Um, I have a pretty good friend who does hypnobirthing with every one of her babies. And she usually doesn't get to the hospital until she's like crowning because the contractions or waves are just so normal and so calming and actually sometimes even enjoyable that you don't even think that it's time. Um, I had one mom who <laughs> she was at like six centimeters. She was like, I don't really know if I'm having <laughs> contractions. <laughs> she's like, maybe I'll go to the hospital. Went to the hospital. She's six centimeters. Three hours later, she's having the baby. <laughs> mm, wow. It was awesome. But it always, it's usually it's like that. Um, every mom is different. Every mom's not going to experience hypnobirthing the same. Um, but I think generally unmedicated births, um, most unmedicated moms tend to want to stay in labor at home. And so most will wait until their body can't take it anymore. And normally when your body's threshold um, gives out is the best word yeah. I can think of that when you just really want the baby out of you is when you're ready to push anyways. So you usually yeah. end up in the hospital at the last moment, hypnobirthing or not. That's the perfect way to explain it. Yeah, because I couldn't get comfortable. Like at first, um, I was able to be comfortable just like laying on my side. And then I was hoping that I tried to put a pillow in between my legs to, you know, create a gap or maybe widen myself. And that only worked so well. And then I would, um, I kept feeling like I had to use the bathroom, um, just pee, not, not number two. And so I would go sit on the toilet and I remembered back in the day, it was like literally um, in 2009, uh, my friend 
she was telling me about her birthing experience and she said she was in the hospital and she kept feeling like she had to go to the bathroom so she would go sit on the toilet and then um the nurse finally said oh no you don't have to go to the bathroom get up it's time to deliver the baby and so um thankfully i knew that story because that's what when i remembered that that's what prompted me to say okay it's time to go to the hospital and yeah that's why i couldn't get comfortable yeah. because his big old head was sitting in between you know right where i guess the smallest part of my canal was right. is, and my son does have a huge head so i'm not even exaggerating <laughs> anyway okay so let's see we covered what it is and how it works so what the the benefits okay we're, we're more relaxed um the pain threshold is much lower or no that's not right the pain that we're feeling is much lower excuse yes. me so when it comes to a, a pregnant mom that has gestational diabetes how does hypnobirthing help with that so most clients that have gd they tend to worry because the doctors have a million things they want to tell you um True. they have a million risks they want to go over if you're a mom that wants an unmedicated birth the doctor is going to probably tell you that an induction is safer there's a million things yeah. that they want to tell you um when you have gd and i think the best part about hypnobirthing is that um all that noise gets shut off your brain doesn't listen to it because you don't want to um, you know what's best for your body. You know what's best for your baby. Um, now there's so much research about GD that actually says that you can safely go into natural birth. Um, being checked is important. Knowing the risks is important, but also knowing that your body knows what to do. Um, and that's where hypnobirthing really comes in and affirms that, that your body does know what it needs to do. You know what's best for your body and for your baby. If that means induction, great. If it doesn't, also great. You can make yeah. those decisions for yourself. And I think that's where I just love the HypnoBabies model because it's really about empowerment and empowering you in your birth choices and um, being satisfied and comfortable and content with whatever happens in that birth room because you know you're going to meet your baby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there are certain medical expectations as far as outcomes that the medical staff has in GD pregnancy. So I totally get that. Are there any risks associated with hypnobirthing? No. Um, this is a question that gets tossed around a lot because when people think of hypnosis, they think, oh, I'm going to be put into a trance. I'm not going to remember what happened to me. Um, people are going to be able to control my mind. It's that's not factual. Actually, when you're put into hypnosis, you are in control of your mind. You retain whatever you want to retain. You can only learn as much as you want to learn. You can, you have complete control of your body. So something really cool about hypnobirthing is it actually just teaches you how to unlock your subconscious and unlock the pain-free birth that you already have inside of you. Um, women have been birthing for generations and it's only recently that we have this stigma of super painful, scary hospital births. Like yeah. that's new. Um, and we don't have to think that way and we don't have to feel that way. And your subconscious knows that. Your um, human nature knows that. And so when you unlock it and you use it, um, birth can be whatever you want it to be. So no risks. Um, there's really nothing that could go wrong because it's really just you and your hypno baby's track. And there's always risks in hospital, home, or birth center births, um, but they right. don't have anything to do with babies. 
Yeah, um, you actually just reminded me of what I wanted to say. So the there is a a book called Pregnancy Brain. Have you have you read it or do you know about it? No, I haven't. No, you might be interested in it. Um, and I'm curious if in your training you had to go through this, but um, the author talks about how um, having a high risk pregnancy, the basically your mind state can control how well you handle pregnancy, and um, you know because in in Eastern medicine, in Western medicine, we we rely a lot on machinery and tests and medicine and all that, um, and pretty much medical intervention. But um, in Eastern medicine, it's more holistic. It's more about, you know, getting your mind right and using nature things to to assist you, right? And so basically, she's saying that in a high-risk pregnancy, if you train your mind to to say, my body can handle this, then your mind actually has the power to make those chemical changes in your body um, that need to be made. And I can't remember the, um, the examples that she was using, but like, let's just say blood sugar, for example. So if you train your mind to say, my body can handle blood sugar, and please nobody take this as like a for sure or anything like that. I'm just throwing it out there. Um, if I train my mind to say, oh, my body can handle blood, uh, can manage my blood sugar, it can maintain at safe levels, then it will have a positive effect on your blood sugar. Now, like I said, again, that's just an example. That's not something that she used in the book. And I'm not a medical professional to be um, advising that. But um, I understand that there are things that happen. Your, you know, your pancreas produces too much insulin or whatever like that. So um, basically, yeah, just what I said, your mind has the power to create chemical changes in your body. So even though in this example, even though your pancreas is producing too much insulin, if you condition your mind correctly, then perhaps your pancreas will stop producing so much insulin, that type of thing. Um, it's actually, it's a, excuse me, it's a really good read. And um, it's basically saying that your mind has the power to control your body and your body will do basically what your mind tells it to do. And I, I thought it was so interesting, um, especially in the first, during my first pregnancy, you know, I was, I was, I was super scared about everything that I was seeing about pregnancy, hearing, hearing about pregnancy. I wanted to have a home birth, but um, everyone around me was like, mm, I don't know if that's the safest thing. What happens if the baby needs attention after birth and all that other stuff. And so ultimately that's why I ended up going um, to the, to have a hospital birth. But yeah, I'm like, to get me through the anxiety that I was feeling leading up to labor and birth, I was telling myself, I'm literally made for this. My body was made for this. Uh, women have been doing this for centuries. I'm no different, you know? And so, um, oh, I know a good example. How people say laughter is good for the soul. Well, yeah, it is. And it's, it's also good for everything in your body. Like the more it's, like scientifically proven that the more you laugh, the better health you're in, that type of thing. So that, that's a better example for um, the, the book that I was referring to. So yeah, so is that something that you had to um, learn or talk about in your training? 
Oh yeah, definitely. Um, we talk a lot about the mind's control over the body. And um, the reason for what we call our protective bubble is because your subconscious takes in information through your conscious mind and it files it away and it uses it to actually control your thoughts, your actions, and your feelings. And so when you take in that negative energy, those negative words, the negative terminology, your subconscious locks it in and then uses it to then control your behaviors, your body functions, all those types of things. But if you are only taking in positive information, only storing positive information, only telling yourself that your body can do this, your body's gonna do this. And of course, this isn't foolproof. There's not always going to be, you can't always just tell yourself to be better or to do better or to work better. Um, but in birth, I've seen it work. Um, it, it works a lot. And if you actually do the program and you actually retrain your mind to think positively about birth, even if you end up needing an emergency cesarean, you're still going to enjoy it. And you're still going to find positivity and content contentment in the mm -hmm. birth that you had, even if it wasn't what you had hoped it would be. Gotcha. Very cool. Awesome. So, I mean, I think I covered all the questions I have. Is there anything else you want to let our moms know? Um, I would really just, what I always tell my clients is that you don't need hypno babies. You don't need hypno birthing. Um, it can change your pregnancy and your birth 100%, but you don't need it. Um, what you need is positive people surrounding you, positive speak to yourself and um, just positive speak about birth. You want a good support system. You want people who are going to talk to you like your pregnancy is winning the lottery. Um, like your birth is going to be the most exciting event of the season. Those are the people you want around you. Um, if you, you can read all the books, you can do all the research you want, but your birth is not going to be what you want it to be if you're not speaking kindly to yourself and having other people speak kindly to you. Um, so that's really what I always tell moms who maybe are a little iffy about hypnobirthing. Gotcha. Awesome. So if a mom um, is interested in hypnobirthing, you said she could go to the hypnobabies.com website, right? Yep. Okay. And then click like shop and look around and choose what you think works best for you. Um, there's usually... I think they have a locations tab where you can see like if there's hypnobirthing classes going on around you. Um, I know in Omaha, Nebraska, we have a couple coming up. So, okay. They're yeah, everywhere. If, if a mom wanted to reach out to you, how can she find you? So I'm on Facebook at Oasis Doula Company. Um, currently don't have a website, just building off of Facebook. I do virtual um, birth. I do birth planning sessions. Um, we can just talk. I know sometimes in pregnancy, moms just want to have a little chat, talk about their fears, concerns, worries to somebody who's not going to get annoyed after five minutes. Cause for some reason, when you're pregnant, nobody ever wants to talk to you about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I just, I make myself super available. Um, I have all kinds of pricing options. So Oasis Doula Company on Facebook. Wonderful. Okay, and then lastly, what snacks are you enjoying right now? Oh, okay. <laughs> so two um, that I'm, I just switched over to like super healthy eating. So I'm making like oh. this strawberry banana protein shake. And then um, there's this protein bar called Think. And I like the vegan mint chocolate one. That one's really good. Oh, okay. 
think, where do you buy that from? Um, you can really get it from anywhere. It's cheapest on Amazon if you just buy like the boxes from Amazon. Mm -hmm. um, cheapest place to get it. Because in stores, they kind of mark up the prices. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, what protein, is that the same brand of protein powder that you used to? No, I use Orgain because it has a ton of probiotics. Like, I think it says like a million or something. <laughs> okay. I'll have to. <laughs> I've never, um, I've never seen that brand before. I've never heard of either brand before, actually. So I'm going to have to look those up. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was great. Thank you for having me. A big thanks to Annabelle for coming on and answering all those, que all those questions about hypnobirthing. I will be sure to link to all the resources that we mentioned down in the notes. And I'll also try my very best to find the video that I mentioned, the YouTube video of the mom actually being hypnotized and going through her entire labor and birth uh, under hypnosis. And I'm curious, are you trying or are you thinking about doing hypnobirthing? If you are, please go to the link and scroll down to the very bottom and you can leave a comment and let me know. I want to hear what your thoughts are and what, uh, what reservations you have about it or if you're excited about it or whatever. Or if you already tried it, I definitely want to hear how it went. You can find the link to this episode down in the notes. That's all I have for today, guys.